Hi, and welcome to the Theme Park Trader Podcast with your hosts, Ryan and Dan. Hello. This week, we are continuing our tour, continuing our tour of World Showcase. And we are on, the, on a little route round. We started in Mexico, moved into Norway, and now we have uh, traveled across many a sea to get to China. So we're going to go into a bit of a history of the pavilion and go through some of the, the restaurants and, and locations that you can visit in your journey around the country. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic. stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Before we get into China, mm. I would like to say one thing to our listeners. Okay. We were right. Uh, the Fury I, I, oh. is a terrible attraction and okay. Universal have finally admitted to it. <laughs> I've, I've seen many people on Twitter going, how could they do this? Um, I mean, yeah. Donna and I watched a Tim Tracker video yesterday where he literally, this last past week, he when they announced the news that it was closing, I think it's May 9th, it's his last day. Yeah. He went to visit it and recorded the whole thing. Okay, for terrible. posterity. It's terrible. Yeah. Even, <laughs> even positive Tim Tracker said it's dated. Yeah. I mean, I don't see, I don't see how anyone can defend that attraction. It's no. just shocking. It's terrible. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like it was ever like even when it was wasn't dated. Like, even it was when it was bad. like it was. Yeah, it wasn't. It was never a good attraction. No, I think that the the attraction that was probably all right in in the Lost Continent was the Sinbad show, which has been it's been closed for a number of years now. Yeah, and with that closed, Poseidon's Fury. All I mean, we always said this, but Poseidon's Fury almost felt like it was on its last legs. Then yeah. they went and did a massive refurb. Like, what was it, like last year or the year before? Yeah, last year. Which is just bizarre, isn't it? it yeah. It doesn't doesn't make any sense why they then close it the following year, basically. I know, and it literally just opened late last year. <laughs> Don is gathering the cast of Toy Story Toy Story in the background. Been, it's being gathered behind me. <laughs> um, yeah, it literally closed late last year for a refurb, like a full refurb, reopened, and now it's closing permanently on May 9th. Yeah. I mean, I was so happy to hear this news because the whole the whole land is utterly, utterly pointless. It's full yeah. of, like, weird fortune tellers. There's a cool shop in there. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you that. But outside of that, it's everyone just uses it to walk to Harry Potter. 
it's just yeah it's just a walk through to harry potter isn't it these yeah. days um so yeah. much so that when i said to donna it was closing she was like well how are people going to get to harry potter <laughs> yeah <laughs> there, there is there is a bridge the other side from jurassic park um, yeah but yeah so that's like you know someone that goes to the parks fairly regularly was like well how am i going to get to wizarding world yeah yeah it's literally all it's there for it's a walk through yeah 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 i mean i don't like i guess because obviously they haven't said what they're going to be doing with the land as a whole um going the biggest forward rumor right is legend of zelda okay is, now, that, is that is that based on anything or is that just pure no, speculation? It's, it's pure speculation. It makes sense in a way because Universal has the rights to Nintendo. Mm-hmm. We know Universal strategy is to spread their biggest IPs out across several parks. Right. I mean, yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because then you're kind of like people who want to do that, you you know, interact with that franchise and have to has to go to every park. Yeah. And I think sense. Legend of Zelda would be good because Epic Universe has got Mario and Donkey Kong. So they've got the Yoshi ride, they've got the Mario Kart ride, and they've got the Donkey Kong coaster, which from aerial photos looks like that's going to be great. Right. So you've got the three kind of Mario and Friends properties in Epic Universe. Legend of Zelda has nothing to do with Mario, has never interacted with Mario. I know people are going to be going, well, what about Super Smash Bros? That's different. That's not that actual <laughs> characters. That's like figures that come to life. So it's not actually a crossover kind of thing. Right. So Legend of Zelda would make sense because it has nothing to do with anything else. Some people have been saying Animal Crossing. I think that is mm. just guess comp- like that's pure speculation. I yeah. think Legend of Zelda makes more sense. Animal Crossing, I, d- I don't just I can't see it working in that space. Yeah, I mean, it's right next to Zeus. It doesn't make sense to put two kid areas right next to each other. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, Animal Crossing is massively popular, and it was well, it's particularly popular because it came out, like, at Perfect the start time. of COVID, didn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know about pinning an attraction, pinning a land on it. No, I think, I think Legend of Zelda makes more sense. But importantly, Universal has announced nothing yet yeah but there's a lot of construction going on at universal at the minute you've got um the old kids area at universal studios that is currently being demolished mm-hmm. we're, we're pretty sure it's going to be dreams work dream work uh dream dreamworks dreamworks yeah. dreamworks and um, because of the the things that are on the construction walls are like trolls and gabby okay I don't know. is it gabby i don't know i don't know the dreamworks character not um, not familiar so that probably is going to be DreamWorks. Then you've got Epic Universe, which is obviously under construction. You've got the new Minions ride coming in at Universal very soon. Yeah, like summer. Summer this year. Yeah. And then you've got this now huge, huge space where mm-hmm. you combine the Sinbad show building, Poseidon's Fury, and the Mythos restaurant, which everyone defends. And I thought was eh, it was all right. Close all of that, including Mythos. And you've got yourself a very nice looking bit of land to do whatever you want with. As long as it's not Dom and Friends, Fast and Furious, I really don't (laughs) care what to do with it because anything is better than what's there now. They're doubling down on Fast and Furious. Yeah. And and they're going to open an attraction where you you get in a car and you you launch off a ramp from one park to the other park 
like Harry yeah. Potter esque. But yeah, Fast and Furious super supercharged, super super jump, super super jump <laughs> takes you from islands into Universal Studios. Well, because 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 um, Don said to me, well, that doesn't make sense to put Nintendo in there because it makes sense with Wizarding World because you jump between the two with Hogwarts Express, mm-hmm. which is like why I was like, well, if it's Legend of Zelda or Pokemon, it does make sense because they don't have anything to do with Mario. Yeah, they don't interact with each other, do they? So, so it's going to be interesting to see if they've not announced anything, but I'm interested to see what comes next because we can be hundred percent certain that it's going to be better than what's there now. Oh yeah, well. 99% certain. I'm I'm going in at 100. If if they put Fast and Furious in there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> With the caveat that it's not Fast and Furious. Yeah, I mean I can't imagine I can't imagine they would um no. based on the reception of the Fast and Furious attraction. No. Um, it will be interesting to see. I so, wonder if that I wonder if that Fast and Furious attraction is popular with like with with Chinese visiting guests. Oh, because they enjoy the film. Because, because they're like massively popular in China, aren't they? It's where where it makes most of its money these days. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like in the cinema, these the, the films are enjoyable. I feel like even that market is going to go on this ride and go, "What on earth is going on?" <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they understand the law of Fast and maybe. Furious better than we do. I mean, I I can understand the appeal of. The films when you're sitting in the cinema and there's just like explosions and action happening from right start to I, uh, yeah i get that they're not for me but i get it whereas yeah. the attraction i just can't see any uh, there's no defense of that attraction <laughs> I can't similar to Poseidon's theory yeah, yeah yeah there is no exactly i will not have anyone come on the show and go Besides, Fury is a great ride, a great attraction. Yeah. I mean, the only the only bit that I will get on board with is the water tunnel, which is fantastic. Okay, I, I mean, I don't think I don't think we're going to see the crowds of people when it closes like we did with Splash Mountain. No, I don't think. I mean, I, I, yeah, what when Tim Tracker was there, he was like, "Oh, um, obviously they just announced it was closed. I thought it was going to be really busy, and mm-hmm. I've just uh, and I've just walked through." <laughs> <laughs> No one cares. <laughs> I mean, they might do on the last day. He said, oh, it'll probably be busy on the last day. Yes, right. Tim. That's because it will be you and every other vlogger in Orlando because it's the <laughs> only piece of content you've got for that day. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be like, oh, it's super busy. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, there's, there's everyone I know just there. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not sad to see it go. No, no. And um, that that last day is the day that i arrive or the day that i land get yourself over there quick in florida just go straight oh, i mean i don't land until like 8 p.m um, on the ninth. yeah oh no you won't make you better make it it'll be shut trip's ruined now it's yeah i'll yeah. cancel it mate I, I yeah. cancel it right it's not now. worth going at this point yeah. uh okay so wherever in it so instead you've gone to epcot and you've decided to go straight to china yeah drown my sorrows in tea in tea and uh lovely chinese food so I'm going to give a bit of a history as of, of all of China, all of China, starting back in the, no, in the, <laughs> so when um, Disney were getting together to understand what nations they wanted to put into world showcase, mm-hmm. they put out some feelers around the world. Some little Disney feelers. Okay. Sounds a bit dodgy that, but um, at the time they put, uh, they put two feelers out 
to two countries that you would not expect in the late 70s, early 80s. They were China and at the time, the Soviet Union, two communist countries that completely go against the beliefs of the United States of America, but Disney wanted cultures from around the world. So uh, both apparently liked the idea. However, the Soviet Union said that their communist ideals have to be presented in the pavilion. Right, okay. Uh, To which Imagineer said, absolutely not. What are you, you crazy Soviet sons of bees? The Cold Cold War's back on. Nixon, I'm not a brook. I think they got off off lucky in recent events. I I think they did, yeah. I think they did. But apparently China made no such demand about inserting their uh, communist ways into the pavilion so right. they were they were kind of more than happy to present their ideas of uh sorry their representation of architecture heritage culture and leave politics completely out of the mix which the imagineers were like sounds great china let's have you on board yeah how much are you going to pay us yeah how much how much are you giving us we, we will take your communist money but we do not agree with your communist beliefs <laughs> So I think one of the things um, to talk about to start things off is kind of as you hit the, the water's edge, there is a lot of what? rocks. Well, as you're going in. As you're going in, where the joy of tea is, okay. there are, there's a rock formation, which is actually kind of, I think it's still there. At least it was there, um, but it's on the water's edge. Um, but they... They kind of, um, th- this is based on like the Chinese belief that unusual rock forms brought inner peace and serenity. Um, so that's why there's like a, a few unusual rocks on the water's edge of World, of World Showcase Lagoon in China. And then you have um, the Joy of Tea, which I've never bought anything from, but we'll, given that, that we're kind of here at the minute, let's uh, let's talk about the World of Tea. Yeah. Uh, I will say that probably the Joy of all tea. of of all, sorry, the joy of tea, not the world of tea. Um, I will say of all the pavilions so far, China's on the edge of being racist in uh, all of the <laughs> things that they've named. I mean, the joy of tea is... It's, it's literally everything, though. I mean, nine yeah. Nine dragons. The joy of tea gets away with it. Yeah. I think. Nine dragons restaurant. Lotus Blossom Cafe. I think my favourite is House of Good Fortune. Yeah, I, I don't feel like any of these... Are names that they use in actual China? Yeah, I could I feel, be wrong, I feel, but yeah, I don't feel like they are. It feels very Americanized naming. Yeah, it feels like how are we going to name this that sounds Chinese? Oh, yeah. throwing a dragon, throwing a lotus blossom, throwing some fortune cookies. So, the reason why Joy of Tea is there is because tea was discovered in China. Okay. So, and and I'm giving a bit of history. Like people, are, we're going into detail here. <laughs> According to popular legend, in two seven uh, two thousand two seven three seven BCE, Emperor Shenong oh, okay. yeah. was boiling water when a leaf from a nearby shrub fell into his pot, and the hot liquid extracted its delicious flavor. Whether that's true or not, I highly doubt it. But <laughs> tea plays an integral part of Chinese culture and history, and the beverage is considered one of the seven necessities of life, along with fire. I shouldn't be laughing at that. Along with firewood, rice, oil, salt, soy sauce, and vinegar. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'd say I don't know. Why I laughed at that because the the Brits have probably we probably have a, a very different list. Vinegar's yeah. probably on there as well, but you know, tea, facts, salt, vinegar, chips, <laughs> uh, and Stella. <laughs> um. Uh. So that's why the stand is there. Right. Okay. I I feel it, that the tea thing. Hmm. If something if if something fell in your drink and it turned your drink a funny colour, I don't feel like I would drink that. Don't feel well, like I would. Things were different in twenty seven thirty seven BCE, Dan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does make well with with all these things that all these like random discoveries how they how they came about. How many people died eating something that they shouldn't have done? Like some something different fell in the other guy's tea over there. Well, yeah, all it took is like a mushroom, you know. And he he died. Yeah, he died, but the leaf guy was okay. Yeah, well, think think about things like um, blue cheese. Mm. Someone thought, my God, this this is uh, covered in mould. I'm mighty hungry. I'll give it a go. I bloody love blue cheese, though, to be fair. Um, And next to Joy of Tea, whether or not it's still there, I'm not sure, because I don't remember this detail, but it was originally there. is a bicycle. And uh, okay. The reason the bicycle is there is because it's like incredibly important to, to Chinese culture. I thought um, you were going to say in- incredibly stereotypically racist. <laughs> well, uh, most people in, in China use that form of uh, transportation for commuting. Um, right. So the reason that that is there is to kind of signify basically that that's just, like the bicycle is a huge cultural impact on the country that's why it's there um, I, I can't see i'm on google maps because you get a, you can get a bit of street view on google maps yes i can't see it's there but it i don't was know when there this, at one point this was this, this picture's from 2016 by the looks of it. it so maybe they've taken it away because idiots were starting to get on it and trying to probably but Drink it was around there. the world and just be like oh i'm gonna cycle oh gonna cycle around the world get the next stellar so while we're at Joy of Tea, let's talk about Joy of Tea. Okay. On the menu currently. So we've gone slightly covered the history. We're going to go to present day for a second. Uh, pork egg rolls for four four ninety five. Now I have had these actually, not from uh, Joy of Tea, but from the other location. Very nice. Okay. Very it, nice. It doesn't feel like the obvious accompaniment to the tea. tea. Yeah. No, I do agree with that. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they, maybe they love dipping a, dipping a uh, egg roll in in their tea. What is we, your? We go with the biscuits. What is your perfect accompaniment for tea? I mean, it's got to be like a biscuit, like a hobnob or something, isn't it? A, a, a plain hobnob. As in, like no chocolate or plain chocolate. No, as in a plain no chocolate. Oh, okay. Pla- I'm I'm going dark chocolate. Okay. No. All right. I was about to end the show there, actually. <laughs> I'll accept dark chocolate. I, I, mine's a milk chocolate hot mob, but uh, okay, okay. I think you'd be insane to choose the the non a non chocolatey version over the chocolate. I version. don't mind the non chocolatey version. I don't, I don't mind, mind it, it, but I'm not yeah. going to choose it. Uh, what? Given the choice, if you had if you had a little plate with with plain ones, dark chocolate ones, milk chocolate ones, the plain ones going to the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, to be fair, it's the only one the dog can eat, so. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah, if I was giving the chocolate <laughs> one to the dog, I'd be in trouble. Well, I wouldn't be, but the dog would be. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you've got pork egg rolls, you've got bubble milk tea. I mean, bubble tea has made its way over here now and is 
The yeah. craze is, is absolutely ridiculous. I've never had it. I don't know if you have you. I, I've not tried it. It's. It, I think it's quite sugary. Um, right. So okay. I don't. I've just not tried it. But I, I've yeah. heard, I, one of our friends um, does drink it, and it says it's amazing. So. Um, so you've got the bubble milk tea. Um, you've got honey. Hibiscus. Hibiscus. Hibiscus ice, yeah. Iced tea. You've got jasmine or oolong tea. Jasmine. I mean, this is where I'm like, jasmine tea, get out. Get in the bin. <laughs> get where's, in the bin. Uh, where's my English breakfast, Ron? Well, I had, um, I was at afternoon tea, stereotypically Brit- British, Yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And I had a, a jasmine, which I didn't know. One of the one of the biscuits that I have, like the cakes and biscuits that I got was shortbread. And I was like, oh, great. I like shortbread. Perfect for dipping in tea, actually. Right. Dipped it in my tea, ate it. It was jasmine shortbread. Tasted like I was okay. eating flowers. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, just put this in the bin. Just, just way to ruin a uh, bit of shortbread, that. Yeah. Uh, you can also get beer here. Of course you can, because it's Epcot. So you can get uh, Dragon Blossom Draft or uh, Singtao um, classic bottle beer that you get in every Chinese restaurant. Right. Is, is the Dragon Blossom Draft, is that like a one of their own concoctions i don't know actually it it may well be uh that would be the one that i would go for because i like a, i prefer draft beer over a bottled beer but right. i don't like the sound of it a pilsner with orange blossom honey and green tea sounds gross yeah it's a bit of an odd i try combo, it isn't it i try yeah. it i don't know in disney if they're if they're you know when you go you go into a bar and you go oh, can i try a bit of that mm-hmm. i don't know in disney if they do that yeah, I don't know. I feel like they would probably end up giving a lot away if they did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But I would like. I, I wouldn't be like, oh, can I spend nine dollars twenty five? Yeah, on a, like on, a, on a risk. Yeah, you'd rather go round to. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking. Am I thinking of the wrong place? I think I'm thinking on the wrong place. Yeah. You'd rather go somewhere else. I'd rather go somewhere else. <laughs> um, and they've got some specialty cocktails as well. Tipsy ducks in love. I mean. I'm, the, some of these naming conventions, uh, which ha, ha, doesn't have duck in it, um, Kung Fu Punch. Come on, Disney! That, that, that's just outrageous, isn't it? <laughs> that's too far. Uh, Canto Loopy, uh, Honey Biscuits Hard Iced Tea, which is the, the same um, tea as before, but with uh, rum and yeah, just with rum. And yeah. then a Mango Gingerita, uh, which sounds odd, but there we go. So there's a few options at Joy of Tea. Not for me, really, but I'd try a couple of things there for sure. I like how the, the mango gingerita would sounds like it would have mango and ginger in it. Yes. And yet it's just it just says with vodka and light rum. So unless they're flavoured vodkas and flavoured rums. May- oh maybe, maybe. Maybe, but um so you also have the good fortune gifts, which I yeah. think perhaps alongside the Mexico Pavilion wins the award for bringing out the racist in everyone. <laughs> Including you. I, I did wear the hat. Yeah, I did wear the hat. <laughs> hey, when in China. Yes, yeah, when in China. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's literally got... It has the. It has those sort of, like, hats. I don't know what they're called. No, they must I have a know. specific name. Um, but they have those hats front and centre, don't they, outside. Bamboo um, sun hat. Okay. A uh, 
<laughs> really hit the description there, didn't I? Well, that's what that's why that's what I do with it. That, that might be wrong, but that's the well, that's what popped up. That's what I found in two seconds. Okay, okay. And then they've got like the little sort of like I don't know what they're made of, like paper umbrellas. Oh sort of yeah, thing. yeah. And then they've literally got a an a other a proper umbrella that's like a panda. Yes, and then you have like the weird puppets as well, which I, I oh, always yeah. see people playing with them. But I've never seen someone buy one. No, I can't imagine. It's one of those things like like you try <laughs> you put the hat on, nobody yeah. buys it. Like you wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine like an American buying that hat and then taking it home and wearing it around their local town. I know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I have seen, and I tell you what, it's usually. Um, early to mid twenties, white American girl buy the umbrellas. Oh yeah, yeah. I have seen those being bought, um, and it's usually a white ma- male that's driving on the hats. Like, you know, myself yeah. included. Like you know, <laughs> I did take a photo. Um, so it's a weird shop. Never bought anything from there, but it's there if you know if you're into stereotypically. Chinese gifts. Yeah. Um, on the south, so on the south boundary of the China Pavilion, there's a stone and tile wall that kind of separates the garden uh, from the kind of walkway. Um, I don't know if anyone's kind of seen it, but it's like it's it looks like a wave. And the reason that is it's supposed to look like um the back of a dragon. So there's a like a little imagineer detail there that I think is it's a oh, do you, mean, do you mean sort of like on the way out, basically? Yeah, yeah. It's right. It's one of these things that's subtle, mm-hmm. which a lot of the rest of the pavilion isn't, <laughs> which I quite yeah. like. What Hang else? On, you like there? that it is subtle, I assume. I like it subtle. It's subtlety, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you you also have this huge kind of um, gate, like as you're walking into the actual pavilion itself. Mm-hmm. which is um, a reproduction of the one found at Summer Palace, uh, which is nine miles north of central Beijing. Um, the original Summer Palace began construction in 1750 and covers an area of 1.8 square miles. The, again, original Summer Palace contains lake, hills, gardens, pavilions, halls and temples. And the, the purpose was to provide an escape for royalty so they could rest and entertain in lavish style. I mean, what were the royalty doing before that? I mean, <laughs> I, I suppose say, back in that's communism, maybe, maybe fighting in wars. Right. Uh, Summer Palace today is open to the public and is a popular tourist destination. And actually, I've got a photo of the two, and they are very, very closely. Um, Not the, one, the one in Epcot and the one in near Beijing is is very close. Right. Uh, then you have the the Chinese gardens, uh, which are inspired by. Uh, the ones in, I'm going to definitely get this wrong, Suzhou, uh, which is a large city close to Shanghai. Okay. And then we have, what else do we have? I'm just trying to, I'm trying to give a brief history so that I'm not sending people to sleep. But people want in detail. See, damn well getting detail. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say, I'll give you a little little story about a plant. Yeah, I think you're starting to lose people in the run. <laughs> so apparently the, the Imagineers were very careful when they were choosing plants for the garden because um, okay. they wanted to tell a story. So the mulberry tree that exists there tells two stories. So first of all, it was selected for the fact that it's beautiful. 
Um, and in, in China, the tree provides florists with a number of possibilities. Its, it's uh, foliage is large and turns golden in the autumn before the leaves fall. And in the winter, its twisted branches add beauty to any garden or flower arrangement. Um, but it's also there to represent China's silk industry. Uh, it's because silk moths lay their eggs on the mulberry leaves and their offspring feed on the greens. And we all know how silk's made. So that's why that tree is there. There you go. See, interesting. There you go. <laughs> I'm sorry, Maybe. Ryan. You were right. Maybe. <laughs> Some people may find that interesting. Horticulturists, I mean. Yes. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's also yeah. bamboo. I'm not going to go into the details as to why bamboo is important for China, but there is bamboo growing in the gardens. Yeah. Um, I'm and... just glad they don't have somebody dressed up as a panda like all year round. Yeah, that was... It's like it just sat next thank, to the bamboo. Thank goodness that DreamWorks made Kung Fu Panda and not Disney. Yeah, <laughs> can you um, imagine? But speaking of character meat, you can meet Mulan often in this pavilion. Yeah. So there you go. Well, I take it was this. I take it this um, was an original pavilion. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm pretty sure. Well, yes, it opened October the first, 1982. Okay. So it was a, an original pavilion. Uh, what else do we have to say? We've got the, the the acrobats, which I'm not sure if they're there at the minute, but I have seen over the years. They are. Very yeah, good. I've seen I've seen them over the years, and we um, yeah, I've seen if they're outside when I go. Yeah, definitely check it out when you're there in a few yeah. weeks. Um, and then the centerpiece of the China Pavilion is a reproduction of the Hall of Prayer for Good Harvests, which is kind of that temple that you see um, right when walking in. Uh, so that was built between 1406 and 1420 during the reign of the Yongle Emperor, uh, which also oversaw the construction of the Forbidden City. Uh, the temple itself was originally uh, built completely out of wood and without nails. And uh, this is the one, the original one, not in Epcot, as you're about to discover, uh, <laughs> because the emperor would make sacrifices and pray to heaven and his ancestors, asking for a good harvest in the coming year. The blue That's, roof represents... Sounds like something Chapek would do. It does sound like something Chapek would do. Yeah. Uh, the blue roof represents the sky and heaven, and red is the colour of royalty. Okay. So there you go. It's got all this history we're learning on this show. It's it's the, the depth we're, we're going to. It's just unheard of on the show. It really is. <laughs> um. So there's two creatures that are represented on the, the temple, the dragon and the phoenix. The dragon represents power. Uh, the dragon has five claws uh, as it represents the power of the emperor. The I don't know what five claws has to do with that. And the okay. phoenix sim symbolizes peace and prosperity. And when paired, they signify marriage. Okay. When when you said two animals, I I mean, you immediately think dragon. I didn't think phoenix. No. And, and you know what? I'd never, I'd seen the dragon before, but I'd never seen mm. the phoenix. But at next time you go, uh, for you, down in a couple of, a few weeks' time, see if you can spot the phoenix. You have to look out for the phoenix. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is a phoenix like a, was it like an original Chinese sort of like myth? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Actually. I know. I've never associated, associated with China. More Harry Potter, really. <laughs> That's quite a recent thing, Dan. Yeah, that's quite a recent thing. There have been other um, publications featuring. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, the, yeah, 
I don't even know where to go with them. <laughs> so you, you've I mean, reached the depths of my cultural knowledge. There you go. There you go. Would you like another Stella, Dan? Sorry. Would you, would you like another, another Stella? Stella? Yes, please. Yeah. So, reflections of China. Yeah. <laughs> Wonders of what China. What can you actually, say about that? Wonders of China actually was before Reflections of China. Okay. And um, when planning for World Showcase began in the mid to late 70s, um, it was only a few years after Nixon's famous trip to China in 1972. Like America and China were trying to, you know, yeah, improve relations. Move things over, shall we say. Yeah. Um, the country was still kind of shrouded in mystery to, to America. And uh, many of the areas of China... I imagine that's like most countries, really. Yeah, yeah. Still is, really. Yeah. And many of the areas of China were off-limits to foreigners. So when Disney requested to film the the country for a travelogue-type movie, um, the Chinese apparently were interested, but a bit kind of like... "Eh." Wary. Yeah. So they insisted that all film movies strictly supervised and aerial shots of the Great Wall and Tibet were out of bounds. So the Imagineers basically said, that's not going to be that great for your country and our film. So they carried on negotiating. There wasn't much progress. And in a, <laughs> this is great. In a, large, a last-ditch effort, Disney sent a final contingent to meet with officials to see if they could loosen up some of the restrictions placed upon them. They concluded the negotiations with a special showing of the movie Fantasia. <laughs> Uh, apparently this Disney classic seemed to do the trick and arrangements <laughs> agreeable to both parties were worked out I wow mean, so they basically gave him a copy of Fantasia on VHS they were, I mean I'll be honest Disney <laughs> if I was in if Disney were negotiating with me and they yeah. ended negotiations by showing me Fantasia I'd be like get out <laughs> I know it's I know it's the, the technology behind Fantasia is, is incredible and how they did it and how they made, made, made it it's incredible. The film yeah. itself is boring. It's really boring. It, it, you can't... It makes you want to, like, how, how, how did that convince them? I don't know. I mean, I don't entirely... It makes you wonder why... why they weren't allowed to take aerial pictures of the Great Wall. That seems like an odd limitation. No, I don't know. But, but yeah... So uh, the film, the Disney film uh, crew scoured China for two months, scouting locations to be included. A filming began in autumn uh, 1981, and the crew returned in the, in the winter of 82 to capture the seasonal changes. Uh, the Disney crew was the first Western film group to shoot in many areas of the country. Uh, when aerial shots of sensitive areas were required, the Disney director um, relayed his desires to the Chinese counterpart. Then only Chinese film crew would go aloft and film the sequence. Once back on the ground, the footage was reviewed by the American crew who would decide if the task had been achieved or if a second or third take was needed. Um, so filming wrapped up in the spring of 82. To make the movie more interesting and sound less like a travelogue one might see on TV, an ancient poet, Li Bei, was added into the mix. He acted as a narrator and educator, but his dialogue was limited. I mean, it's, yeah. So that was, that was Wonders that of was China. That was Wonders of China. Uh, okay. which was shown until March 25th, 2003. Okay. On May the 23rd of the same year, a new film, 
incorporating segments from the original movie. That's why it still looks terrible. Ah, right. Okay, that explains it. And new footage recently uh, shot premiered. The new version of the movie was shortened to 12 and a half minutes. It was originally around 17 minutes. uh, Sorry, 19 minutes. Wow, okay. um, Which is way too long. Yeah. And um, showed glimpses of Hong Kong and Macau. All of the scenes of Shanghai were completely replaced. Updated shots of the Great Wall, uh, Tiananmen Square, Beijing, Harbin and Yunkui were added. uh, And Lee Bay's dialogue is it like Yung Kai? Um Kai? Or is that something different? Urukai? That's a thing. <laughs> I think Yung Kai is a thing, isn't it? But I don't know if that's a Chinese thing. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so Lee, Lee Bay's dialogue was rewritten, the sec, um, but the same actor was used because his beard covers many his mouth in many of the scenes, so they just rewrote his dialogue and dubbed it over. Wow, okay. Fantastic. Okay. Brilliant. Uh, and as you know, but some people listening might not know, you have to stand for the entire presentation. Um, they have those like weird handrails that you're not allowed to sit on, but everyone does. Yeah, or well, you sort of like lean on them, don't you? You lean on them, like leaning. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's an I odd. I, I mean, I, there's no I, seats because you'd fall asleep. Well, I guess it's because you you have to. The idea being that it's like circle vision or something, or whatever they call it, isn't it? Where yeah, you, you you the idea being that you're sort of looking all the way around. So obviously, if you were sat down, it'd be it'd be more difficult. Yeah, um, I I guess that's the reason. But yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they've also got the Street of Good Fortune, which is where you get some of the little stands that are kind of at the back of the pavilion, and uh, the quick service location is is located around there as as well. And that and the House of Good Fortune as well. And the House of Good, good Fortune. So the the Street of Good Fortune. <laughs> With the House of Good Fortune. Yes, you're you're quite right. The House of Good Fortune is the main shopping part. Yeah, not to be mistaken with how with with Good Fortune gifts. No, I feel like they're using Good Fortune far too much. It's too much, isn't it? It's I mean, too- even once is too much. To be fair. Yeah. Um. So in terms of what you can find in the shop, you can find um kind of vases, lanterns, jade plants, um teas, like a lot of Chinese tea, um. Chinese wines as well, um, jewellery, um, kind of all, all sorts, really. Um, a load of other stuff. None of it appeals to me personally. Um, but that, I think, is all of the history of the pavilion that I am willing to impart my research <laughs> and limited knowledge of with right. you listeners. Um, we do have two things that we've not gone through. Um, actually, three things. One is... What on earth is going on with the the current show? What reflections of China? Reflections of China, which was due to shut to shut actually um, in 2020 and be replaced oh. with Wondrous China, um, but that has okay. since been delayed to this year as part of Epcot's 40th anniversary, which I still heard nothing on. Um, as far as I know, though, it's been done, so I'm not quite sure why they, it's not um, it's not opened. Right. So, so is the attraction closed at the moment, like entirely? I know. Uh, I believe it is. I believe it is open. Oh, what open with still with reflections of China? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure it is open. Just double checking. Just fact checking. Live fact checking. Live fact fact checking. Yeah, it's open. Okay. So it is due to be replaced, but it was due to be replaced three years ago, and it still hasn't been. Right. That does ring a bell. That they yeah, were gonna, they I, remember, were like, I remember going, oh, I'm going to see a new show, and then it never 
came to light. Yeah, because what was it like? It was probably around the same sort of time that they said about um, the French show that I can't remember. Impressions oh, yeah. of France. Yeah, where they sort of said that they were going to be changing that and you know mixing it with Beauty and the Beast. No, not Beauty and the Beast. Was it Beauty and the Beast? Uh, yes, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, as soon as I said it, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I guess I guess France, isn't it? Um, yeah, I guess it was. They sort of announced a load of show changes, didn't they? Did, did, was O Canada changed as well, or updated? O Canada has been updated. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, Wonders China. It's like all I found on it is that it's it's coming this year, but I don't see anything concrete from Disney on this year. It's right. just speculation from people. Makes you wonder, like if it was if it was pan if it was planned for twenty twenty, you would assume that they would have already filmed it by then yes i think it has been filmed and i guess i guess they delayed it from 2020 because obviously the parks were closed and things like that it was covid delayed it but i don't know why it hasn't opened now they've probably delayed it even more just because like well we can just bundle it under the 40th anniversary can't we yeah Mm. but the 40th anniversary was last october oh last october i thought i thought oh oh yeah because 80 yeah yeah so i don't know why (laughs) That's strange. So something <laughs> weird going on there. But I, I I I was merrily thinking, okay, that's probably like this coming October or something like that. No, it was last October. Getting my dates, yeah, yeah. So that's still, you know, who knows what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, it is by far the most dated thing in Epcot, I would say. Well, impressions, impressions of France. France. <laughs> they're on. They're on par, I think, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't mind impressions of France. I know. It, it definitely China it's, seems very racist in my mind when I see that that poet, yeah, and the way he looks. I yeah. know that they look like that back in wherever it was, but it does. It just doesn't sit right. No, no. I'm, I do you do it every time? No. Yeah, I can't say I do it every time. I'll probably do it this year. Main, yeah. main mainly because you've not been in a while. To be fair, yeah, we haven't been in a while. We probably will end up doing it this year. I would have thought. Um, Plus, as it's going to be changing. Yes. Well, maybe. Um, maybe. maybe. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see the next time when we go whether it will, whether it will actually be have been changed. Um, but yeah, I can't. I can't say it do it every time. No, no, no I don't. So we should, I think the last two things to talk about in, in this pavilion are mm. the sit down restaurant and the quick service location. Um, yeah, I've been to both. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Nine Dragons first. That's um, the sit down sit down restaurant. Yeah, so a lot of people say this is fairly bang average sit-down restaurant. My um, Donald, my wife, would be one of those people. Um, I remember enjoying it, and I'd go back there. I would go back there. Okay. But there are better places to eat in Epcot, and this is the problem, right? The Cellier being the one you're talking the about. The Cellier being, yeah, top of the- Well, yes, but also I'm often there during the Food and Wine Festival, and, you know, right. it's, it's difficult to go and have a full sit-down meal when you when you know maybe I'm in Epcot three or four times in two weeks, mm-hmm. probably four or five times, but um, I'm only maybe eating maybe there. six or seven. Yeah, I mean we were literally talking about it yesterday. We were like we were like when we next go, and then I was like we're probably going to be in Epcot way more than any other park. And every other day. That's not just because of of me. That's because that's I think yeah, and it and it beats Magic Kingdom at the minute because it's got we said it before Frozen Figment. Uh, there's figment mm-hmm. meet and greet coming soon 
you've got um, what else? The Donald Duck uh, ride, which she, which she loves. You Ratatouille, have... not that she's a particular fan of that at the she moment. She will be, I think, though. Yeah. Uh, Spacey Birth, which she likes. Living with the Lamb, which she likes. Finding Nemo, which she likes. Moana's mm-hmm. about to open. Yeah. Uh, Mickey and Friends Meet and Greet is coming back. Well, you say about to open. It's like fall, autumn yeah. 2023, I mean, isn't it? And also I say about to open. It's some it's some waterfalls. At, yeah, at it's, a, it's a walkthrough with some jumping water. It looks pretty pants for the amount of time that it's spent on it from what they've shared so far. Yeah, but we'll I wonder, what, I wonder whether with the introduction of that, whether that will then prompt them to close off the jumping water uh, sort of round near Figment. Oh, they better not. Well, it wouldn't. I mean, whether whether that's almost like a I mean, I can't imagine they're just doing it just to, for the purposes of moving the jumping water. But if they were to change that area, which they desperately need to. They do. Then. You know, people won't be entirely up in arms because they're removing the jumping water because there will be jumping water in the Moana section. Yes, I mean, or the, the I mean, if you, I don't know if you've seen the latest rumors. I mean, we're literally just putting a massive rumor in right in the middle of a history history show about the China the, the China Pavilion. But the latest rumors for Magic Kingdom are okay. that Frontierland is going to be turned into Port Orleans. Oh, I saw something or about New, not this, yeah. Orleans, not the Hotel Port Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. It's my Disney World brain is, I, is on. The thing is, I knew what you meant. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. to other people, they might be like, what is he talking about? <laughs> yeah. uh, so New Orleans, um, and will potentially even incorporate pirates into that, which makes sense, because okay. in yeah. Disneyland, yeah. It, it includes pirates. So you'll have, obviously, Tiana's, Tiana's by, by your adventure, potentially pirates, and mm-hmm. a replacement for Country Bear Jamboree. Thank the Lords for if they do that. <laughs> yes. Frontierland will be no more. Right. And this is all rumor. Like nothing is, is concrete at this stage. Big Thunder Mountain will be in a new desert area, which is yet to be named, which will include right. Big Thunder Mountain and um an attraction or some something based on uh, Encanto and Coco, I believe. Okay, They're kind of like a desert area incorporating those two, which right. I could be working and you split it in two. It kind of, this yeah. is why, like, you're like, mm, rumors because, because obviously, like, Encanto and Coco are they Mexico based? Encanto, are they both? Is it not? I, I don't really know much about Encanto. No, where is not. that? Where is Encanto based? I don't know. Is it, is it some, is it South America somewhere? It, I think it's South America, yeah. Oh, okay, Colombia, okay. Colombia. Ah, right, okay. So, um, yeah, I've not seen. I've not seen it, so I can't. <laughs> it's it's um, good for them. Um, but, but yeah, because yeah, that, that kind of working. Yeah, it feels a bit of a stretch, doesn't it? Because obviously, Big Thunder feels very. It's it's very sort of like American cowboy yes. that sort of yeah. era vibe, isn't it? It's kind of fudging it with Coco and. Encanto, Encanto yeah. feels a bit. This of is why I think the rumor where rumor starts to break down a bit, yeah. and then around the back which is undeveloped land is where the villains land is going to go. Okay. Now, the one thing we do know is that Bob Iger has said he's going to be spending, I think it was 17 billion on Walt Disney world in the next kind of 10 years. Really? Okay. Now he's lied to investors before. Yeah. Everyone's getting very excited. I'm not excited because it's an investor's call and mm-hmm. Disney always lies to their investors. And I suspect this is exactly that, <laughs> but I mean, Plus it, it, it would be about true. 20 years off. Yeah, I mean, if it's true, seventeen billion is a lot of money to put into Walt Disney World. And That's at least two attractions. I know. Yeah, uh, it does, of course, mean that um, they're going to have to get rid of Ron DeSantis to do anything. But 
or just hope that the descendants of King Charles III carry on for the foreseeable. Yeah. Which is looking very likely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, 17 billion, that's a, that's a lot. I mean... I think it was 17 billion, yeah. It makes you, it makes you wonder how much, like, Epic Universe costs. Yeah. Because you would think that 17 billion would build you a new park. Oh, easy, I would think. You would have thought so. I mean... Uh, yeah, so Epic Universe, expected to open by 2025, comes at a price tag of 1 billion. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. I thought it would be, I thought it would be higher than that, but okay. So 17 billion, that's a significant, like... <laughs> <laughs> That's a significant amount. Uh, Walt Disney Company plans to spend 17 billion over the next 10 years at Walt Disney World, bringing 13,000 new jobs to the area. I mean, that, I mean, this is what I'm saying. That's clearly bollocks, isn't it? That's got to be rubbish, isn't it? Because the, if it's costing universes, don't yeah, think so. If it's costing you, if it's costing Universal a billion to make Epic Universe, even if they go over and it's two, yeah, even if they go two, you're talking eight. Disney could make eight new theme parks, and obviously, I think if Disney built did build a theme park, it would probably cost them more. Yeah. Okay. So two, oh, one of two things is happening, as well. right? One of two yeah. things. One, Bob Iger is a liar. <laughs> Unless they're building like, well, well, if you built a cruise ship, I mean, that would be expensive, but you wouldn't. That wouldn't be classed as Disney World, would it? No. So, because I imagine a cruise ship would cost you about a billion, if not more. Uh, I'm just going to find out. They 900 pricey. million. 900 million is the Disney okay. dream. So, so basically, yeah. The Disney wish is the newer one, so that would be, it will be costing probably 1.3. Yeah, probably something just over. So, but that's you're right, that's not all Disney World. Yeah. So one or two things is happening. Bob is a liar, which I suspect is the one that's true here. Or two, Disney do not know how to manage their own resort. And <laughs> someone's getting very rich in the construction yeah, because there's no way if if it costs like a billion, two billion to build an entirely new theme park. Yes, it doesn't matter what you're doing to the current theme parks. It's not going to cost. It's not. It's not going to cost you seventeen billion. Well, unless what he's done is gone. Right. How much does it cost to run these parks per year? Right. Times that by ten. How much does it cost to pay my cast members plus the thirteen thousand extra per year? Times mm. that by ten. Yeah. And how much am I, am I going to be investing in the next 10 years like per year times that by mm. 10? Maybe that's around 17 billion. And maybe, maybe. that's how he's landed that figure. Yeah, maybe what it's like talk, he's talking about all operating costs and everything like that. Yeah, which is politics level deception, though, right? There. Yeah, like if you're going down that line, it's like, well, that's not really investment, is it? Because that's just you're maintaining your part. That's the only way I could see that 17 billion making any sense. Yeah, but even then, it, like, it seems like a quite a large number, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, it does. Like, how much am I going to be making as Bob Iger in the next ten years? It's like, could you even imagine them? Could you even imagine them investing a billion in all of the parks in one every year? Like, considering it costs like a billion to to build an entirely new park, Disney don't churn out new attractions that quickly. I can't imagine them investing two billion in Walt Disney World in the next ten years, Mm. let alone seventeen. I think that is absolute nonsense. And how? I've not seen anyone pick them up on it, actually. Yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? But that is accurate. That's what he said. It's been reported. Right. I see it in, all over the news. It's been reported in the investors' call. But it's clearly rubbish, or he's done those additions that 
are not really. Is it, is I it suppose definitely it's an investment for shareholders because that's where their money's going? Um, maybe it's going to pay time. rides, it's going, it's going to pay cast members, but it seems a bit crappy. No, him, him knowing that anything he says is in the investors' call is going to get on the news, yeah. Was it, was it definitely Disney World and not... He, he said Walt Disney World. Okay, okay. Yeah. Was it maybe if it was like the entire world... The Disney Pop Parks portfolio, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But this then was may, maybe you could get away with, like for like 10 years, you could kind of think, okay, well, yeah, like, you know, you, you're going to invest in new things. Um, I mean, if it's true... Either that or they're building like a, a Disney World 2.0 outside of Florida... Yeah, yeah, Walt Disney World in uh, in Nebraska or something. Yeah, yeah, somewhere, somewhere less DeSantis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they might have trouble if he wins the election, but they're going to have trouble if he wins the election. They will do everything to make sure he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, Trump's part of weird ad saying that Ron DeSantis eats pudding with his fingers, which is very strange. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> you, you've got to go and Google this after we finish recording. Everyone, just pause for. For a minute and, and go and it. it's the weirdest ad you've ever seen i did see something on twitter the other day i can't remember the context behind it and it was a picture of somebody eating pudding with their hands yeah so it must have been a context it must have been that a was re- it. reference to that genuinely yeah like that, that's a level of uh, wow political ads in, in america um so let's finish <laughs> by talking about so nine dragons i've been to it was lovely mm. um you get a range of app- you've got appetizers that include vegetable spring rolls chicken dumplings hot uh, hot and sour soup Chicken pot stickers, which are great, duck bao buns, and vegetable egg rice. Entrees include crispy duck rice, honey sesame chicken, uh, kung, kung pao duo, which is chicken and shrimp with peanuts, salt and pepper shrimp, vegetable and tofu stir fry, uh, canton pepper beef, honey, uh, sorry, spice, spicy honey crispy chicken, spicy mala happy family, which is beef, chicken, shrimp, and vegetables, and Kowloon's bare ribs. And desserts include strawberry red bean ice cream and caramel ginger ice cream. I do remember the desserts being very disappointing, um, but that's yeah, just I mean, because Chinese desserts aren't really up, they're not to my right. taste. Yeah, I mean, just like two two choices of ice cream mm. seem limited, but then I yeah, I don't think I don't think they tend to have a massive selection when you go to like a Chinese restaurant, do you? That sort of thing. No, um, but the food here is is very good. And for kids, you can get honey chicken nuggets. Honey chicken. I mean, the, the, the honey chicken, it was fantastic, actually. Um, I'd probably go for the crispy duck fried rice. Okay. $28, though. That's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, I was, I was looking at the prices when you were reading those out. And obviously, I guess I guess it, it's obviously like an entire... It's a proper meal, isn't it's it? It's a proper not, meal, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not like when you go to like a Chinese restaurant like we did... Last, last week, yeah. where it's sort of like the you know you order the individual parts essentially, yeah. don't you? Um, so that's that's Nine Dragons, very very nice restaurant, and then you have the um, Lotus Blossom Cafe, which is the the quick service location, mm. um, which has the pork egg rolls, which is where I I got these. Oh, okay. From yeah. the chicken pot stickers, which I've had here as well, um, and then you also have a few entrees, which include orange chicken combo, which is served with steamed rice and egg roll. And cider vegetable, I've had that very good. Uh, chicken fried rice combo with an egg roll and cider vegetable, Mongolian beef combo, um, and vegetable stir fry with spicy noodles. You've got kids meals, which includes sweet and sour chicken and pot stickers and egg roll. And then your desserts, you've got lychee ice cream, no thank you, 
um, mm. caramel ginger ice cream, and then you've got your classic um, beverages and alcoholic beverages, one of which is a food draft beer, uh, tea char, jasmine draft beer, and some plum wine. So the food selection, I think, actually is very good in China. Um, mm. Obviously, if you like Chinese food, even more appealing, but I've, I've eaten both locations and I would eat in both locations again. Okay. Yeah. It feels a little bit weird to have Mongolian beef combo. Yeah, they typically don't get on, do they? The uh, <laughs> Historically. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like an odd choice, doesn't it, to literally... It's like it's in the name. Yeah, it's an yes. odd one. It is very strange uh, not to have kind of another entree option there. But it, I've, yeah. had, I've had the chicken pot stickers, pork, pork egg rolls, and the orange chicken combo. And for the orange chicken combo, you get a lot of food for fourteen fifty. So I would nice. definitely have it again. Yeah, they seem they seem of well, obviously they're they're more reasonably priced, but then obviously it's it's a smaller portion you're going to be getting. Yeah. Um, do you remember how I, is this is going to be a very hard question? Do you remember how many pork egg rolls you get? I think it's two, because you go to the joy of tea. Yes, and they're thirty cents less, and you get two. How strange. Yeah, so like here they're four, they're five twenty five, and it doesn't say how many you get, but the joy of tea they're four ninety five, and it tells you get two. I'm pretty sure it's two. Okay, maybe they're yeah. not. Maybe what they do is they make them here, transport them over to the joy of tea, which is why they're slightly cheaper because maybe they're not sli- they're not as fresh. <laughs> yeah, but surely it'd be the other way around because they've got transportation costs. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. That, I mean, that would be my only explanation for it. But yeah, there's, there it's, are odd things that happened strange. in the past. Yeah. Uh, I know Universal a few weeks ago, um, someone um, someone was saying, I think it might have been John actually, who we've had on the show before, oh, was yeah. saying there was an item that he found in one location was exactly the same as the other location, but was more expensive. Oh, okay. I think it was something vegan. I mean, he'll be sending me a tweet right now as soon as, uh, as, soon as he hears it to, to, yeah. to clear up exactly what it was. But um, yeah, it's very strange that you sometimes you get this, but it may be slightly different. I don't know. Could be, could be. I mean, it could, yeah, as you say, I mean, it could be slightly different ingredients. Yeah. Um, I mean, you would assume, I mean, maybe there's over, maybe there's more overheads in the quick service location, therefore they charge you more for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like an odd choice because it's like, well, if you want your pork egg rolls, just walk, what, 100 metres? Yeah. Um, and go and get them <laughs> or even the fact that you haven't had to walk to the lotus blossom cafe which is further away from like the main entrance yeah um, I know, it's weird to save yourself 30 cents it's very strange but yeah that was uh, a brief ish history of the china pavilion at epcot and some details on where you can eat and, and drink and where you can shop uh, i hope you've enjoyed today's episode if you have please do leave us a review uh, we very much appreciate it And we will see you again next week. Ah, there you are. And just in time. There's a little matter I forgot to mention. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. They have selected you to fill our quota. And they'll haunt you until you return. (laughs) 